Welcome to the Leshman Podcast, where we explore mission lived out in West Africa. We are glad you're here. Hey, this is Boaz here, coming to you from Dakar. I'm so glad that you are here with us for the second installment of the Leshman Podcast. Um, today, I would like to talk about uh, just why am I living overseas? You know, what's what's pushed me to live overseas? You know, why? Why have I spent more of my life living outside of America than in America? Uh, sometimes I even question myself. You know, what in the world am I doing? You know, why? What? What? You know, is it really worth it? I have when I go back on vacation and I see grandparents or aunts and uncles or you know different people in different churches where we visit. They ask, you know, what in the world are you doing? Why? Why are you living overseas? And so I'd like to somehow talk about that during the next few minutes with you. I actually started my whole first steps into living overseas even before I was born. My, my father, uh, through a series of events, went to school at Middle East College at that time in Beirut, Lebanon, now Middle East University. He spent two years at Middle East College where it dramatically changed his life. He left um, Middle East College, moved to Washington State to go to school at Walla Walla College, where he met my mother. They got married, and they both moved back to MEC so my father could finish up his theology degree there. And ever since then, I have been impacted by Middle Eastern people, <laughs> wonderful people, by Middle Eastern food. My sister holds the name of the Middle East, Nabila, a wonderful, beautiful name. And so I have been impacted by the Middle East from a very early age. Um, when I was younger, my parents would dress me up in Middle Eastern clothing, and I would march in mission pageants at camp meeting or I think even at general conference, if I remember correctly. And so, you know, missions or living overseas was part of who I was, even though I didn't understand it, to be honest, at the time. Um, when I was six years old, my father had a call to go to, to Sudan. And so we packed up two years' supply of everything from toilet paper to toothpaste and everything in between. We had a whole battery of shots, and we were all ready to go when we learned, um, much to our distress, that my, my sister had come down with a, a very serious eye problem and that she would need to have some serious... Um, checkups. We went to Missions Institute and located at Loma Linda at that time. And it's a two or three week program where you learn about living with other cultures and other people and trying to be able to, to be an effective missionary in a place that's very different from what you're used to. And so while we were there attending these meetings, we happened to be again at the Loma Linda University and my sister was able to go through a number of tests. And the doctors informed my parents that if we were to go to Sudan at that time, my mother, sister, and I would live in Kenya so we could be close to doctors, and my father would then have to work in Juba in South Sudan. The, my family decided that really wasn't what they wanted to do at that time with our family, and so we made the very difficult decision, good decision, easy decision, and yet difficult decision to not go to Sudan at that time. So instead, we moved to Michigan, where we spent three months while there, 
my sister's eyesight was actually improving by God's grace. And we went to a, a doctor in Lansing, and my father got a call to go to New Hampshire. When my parents told the doctor that they were thinking about moving to New Hampshire, she got all excited because that's where she had gone to school in Boston. And the very best doctor for that particular eye problem was located in Boston. And so we saw that as a miracle, and we moved to New Hampshire. From New Hampshire, we lived there for two years. My sister's eyes dramatically improved to the point where today she is doing really well. She wears glasses periodically, but you know, she doesn't suffer from the same eye problems that she did as a child. And um, yeah, I mean, what, what a, God, God has helped her in, in dramatic ways. And if we had actually gone to Sudan um, at that time, who knows what would have happened with her. But in addition our life would have been completely turned upside down because civil war started in Sudan just about the time that we decided not to go. So it's amazing how God worked. We uh, moved to Seattle after two years in New Hampshire. And while in Seattle, um, my father, we were there for two years, and my father got a call to go to work in Egypt. And um, my family prayed about it, and we decided to, to leave. We moved to Heliopolis, where we spent four wonderful years. Um, Egypt is, is an amazing country, amazing people. I, I, love, I love Egypt. I love Egyptian food. Egypt is one of the dirtiest, you know, most polluted uh, places in the entire world. It has trash everywhere. It's, it's just incredibly polluted. And yet, despite the pollution, despite the trash, despite the, the craziness of living in Cairo, it has some of the most beautiful people you've ever had met. Um, you can joke and tease and have a wonderful time with Egyptians. I mean, I, I have Egyptian friends that I, you know, I still interact with t today, and I just, I just love Egyptian people. Egyptian food is so good. Um, I can't say I can't say enough. I mean, as you can tell, those four years made a huge impact on my life. You know, before going to Egypt, my my um, family went to Hope, British Columbia, for a pastors teachers conference there. Beautiful place, my goodness, a wonderful place to to be. And uh, while there, there was a young boy whose parents had just gotten back from China as missionaries. And he was telling myself and my friends, he was telling us that, you know, America is a hypocrite, you know, because we're telling everybody to get rid of their nuclear weapons. And yet they have so many nuclear weapons stockpiled that they're just huge hypocrites. Well, at the time, I was, what, just third grade, and I was very pro-America. I'd been reading all kinds of biographies on American people like Paul Revere and George Washington and others like that, and so I was very pro-America, very rah, rah, rah. Well, you know, I, I uh, left that experience and moved to Egypt, and my whole perspective on life changed. I do love America, but I'm not as pro-America as I was at the time before going to Egypt. You know, America has this thing of being like, God bless America, we are the best, we are the only, la la la. You know, and yet, after living overseas, those four years, they greatly impacted me. They, they changed the way I think. I became what's called a third culture kid, a TCK, third culture kid. You, you, you adopt a different culture than your own, and you be, your, your thinking completely changes. 
Yes, I want God to bless America, but I also want God to bless Egypt. I want God to bless Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan. I want God to bless England and France. I want God to bless the world. And so, you know, I became, I guess, more of a world citizen than so much an American citizen. My, my, my complete outlook on life was completely changed by moving over and living in Egypt. Um, we spent four great years there, learned a lot, and it really made a huge impact on my life. Um, my parents, on our second furlough, decided that life had gotten to a point where they needed uh, some separation. Um, my mother and sister and I stayed in America. We moved to a place called Weimar, California. It's in, the, in Northern California near Auburn. My father went back to Egypt where he stayed for the next um, about three or four years. Um, while during the time that I spent at Weimar, I was privileged to be able to go on a number of mission trips. I think every year that I was at Weimar, I had the privilege of attending a mission trip, and that was a wonderful. Um, I was even able to, to help uh, sponsor a few uh, seminars where we did conversations between what does it mean to be a Muslim? How do we, how do we do co have conversation with our Muslim brothers and sisters? And you know, just all you know, different different things like that. And and that was that was great. I loved my time at Weimar. I learned a lot. It was a huge impact on my life. God moved mightily. Uh, yet again, and he, he asked me to, to leave Weimar uh, in 2001 to move to the Southern Adventist University in Collegedale, Tennessee. I went from being a huge fish in a very small pond to being a very small meadow in a very large ocean. Um, <laughs> the differences between the schools was dramatic, and it was a very jarring uh, experience. Coming from my time in Egypt, I really never wanted to leave. Um, obviously, uh, the, the problem with my parents, you know, it was very necessary, you know, in that whole situation. That um, was very difficult. I even blamed myself for my parents' problems. I mean, that's a typical thing that goes on when you have a divorce in the family. Um, I went through some very difficult years. Uh, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior years uh, were very, very difficult. Um, in fact, I thought about suicide. I thought about how life wasn't really worth living and nobody loved me. And I mean, it was very, as, he, as, like a, as I'm trying to say, it was very difficult. And yet, you know, throughout this time, I was also impressed that, no, you know, I really want to go back. I wanted to be, live overseas because I, I didn't want to leave when we left the first time, you know, left Egypt. I wanted to still live there and, and it was cut short. And um, so I made a decision early on that I wanted to go and, and, and to be a missionary again. So with that in mind, I thought, well, you know, why be a student missionary? I don't need to do, be a student missionary. Let me just do career missions. So when I, when I moved to Southern, I was there for half a year, and I um, had an email from a friend late one night. I had an email from a friend in India. She said, you know, Boaz, would you, would you be interested to come and work with us in India at this orphanage that, um, that, that she was working at? And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I'm busy. I've got lots going on. My passport's expired. Uh, it may, you know, I'll think about it. Went to bed. Next morning, woke up, had an email in my inbox from her. She is, I love her to death. She's not the best communicator in the entire world. 
And here was a second email from her, and she's like, Boaz, I'm so excited that you're thinking about coming to India. This is great. And gave me more details. And I was like, what? You know, I was like, no, I'm not, no, not what? No. To make a long story short, I decided to walk forward until I hit the wall. And I only found doors. I got a passport. Um, I didn't have money to go. Uh, one of her, her friends who was, who was there with her in India was able to had raised double the amount that she needed, and that money was able to go towards my plane ticket. And there was just one miracle after another for me to go. And so, you know, there I went. I went to India. I spent five months in India working at an orphanage. And did I make all the right decisions? Absolutely not. But it was, it was a wonderful experience to be able to really put into place, you know, things that I've been learning, um, I was able to, to get away from some of the, the, the trauma, the, the things that were going on back at Southern, and I was able to, to, to really get a closer walk with God, and that was a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, yeah, I mean, like, when I was a kid, you know, working in Egypt, I was just a kid, you know, I didn't do anything, uh, you know, the, like, missionary-wise, I guess you could say, I just lived, you know, I made friends and played, <laughs> and had a good time. You know, in India, it was a lot of work, and it was good work, you know, working with the kids and working with the, the leadership there and trying to, trying to make a difference. And at certain points there, I even thought about, you know, possibly going back and working there again. You know, God has led in different ways, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a great experience. Anyway, so went back to, to Southern um, uh, through actually over a mission trip. <laughs> Um, I was able to really get to know my, my current wife, Lorraine. Um, we got to know each other better. And over the next, within 2005, we were married. Um, and it was actually through a mission trip that we really became close, um, which was really cool. And um, I was able to, to take some classes on how to be a Bible worker. Uh, that was a, a tremendous experience. Um, and then we went and worked as a Bible working couple in Midland, Michigan. And um, we learned a lot. We were able to, to apply, you know, so a lot of the things that we had learned, you know, and, and that, was, that was great. We, we left that experience as Bible workers. We went to Loma Linda University, uh, to the School of Public Health. My wife got her mas double master's in epidemiology and biostatistics. I got my master's in global health. And in all honesty, uh, global health is a jack of all trades, a master of none. And so that was, but I did get a master's, so I have, um, yeah, I have something to show that I spent a few years there. <laughs> anyway, no, Loma Linda was great, learned a lot, uh, made a lot of good friends, and um, th I was, through the work of my advisor, we were able to get a job here in Senegal, and so that's why we're here in Senegal today. Why, why do I live overseas? You know, I think a lot of it, it goes back to, to just my, my early childhood. You know, growing up with my father, my mother, my sister's name is, is a foreign name, Nabila. It's a Lebanese, uh, Arabic name, um, eating Middle Eastern food, living in Egypt for four years. made an incredible impact on my life. Um, I, after living overseas, I started to see that the world maybe wasn't the same as I had thought or I had seen in, in America growing up. And, you know, I, I guess living overseas in, in some ways, um, just to be honest, you know, just being very honest here, is, is, is easy. For instance, my mother, you know, when we lived in, in, in Egypt, she, she was a church pianist. She 
she taught music, she, um, she was a secretary, she was basically the office administrator. I mean, she, she just did an incredible amount of work. When we moved back to the States, she went from being someone who did everything to being one of the many. And I think, you know, in a selfish way, I guess, you know, in some ways that's, that's a little bit of it for me too. It's just like, you know, when you live overseas, you, you, you have a lot to offer because of the resources or education or whatever that we, you know, bring from the West. Um, I love the food. I love interacting with new people, going to new places, um, going through hardships and difficulties. You know, you look back on it and you smile. I was looking at pictures the other day of an experience that I had in a small village uh, here in southern Senegal. <laughs> Even now, it brings a smile to my face because the, the trials that we had that day were just tremendous, you know. <laughs> and it's like stuff like that. I mean, it's just like, it just... I don't know, it's just, it's just fun. I mean, working with people and, and being able to make an impact is just, it's just it's great. Um, could I work in the States? Yeah, probably. Um, but to be honest, it's just like, you know, like I feel that God honestly has led us to Senegal. Um, and I feel that God led us to Lebanon. I feel God has led us back from Lebanon back to Senegal. Um, we... At this point, we can't even leave Senegal even if we wanted to. Our middle child, we're trying to adopt her. She's from Senegal. We have no paperwork for her. So even if we wanted to go back to the States, we can't. We're stuck. We're stuck here, effectively, until God performs a miracle. And not that we're not trying to work on things. We are, but, I mean, it's, it's very difficult. Um, to be honest, with this, this new baby that's coming, the, the, the American embassy is closed. <laughs> so we can't even get a passport for him to travel. So even if we wanted to leave Senegal, we couldn't because we have two kids. <laughs> we'll have two kids come once he's born that don't have passports or a way to leave. And so, you know, in that sense, we're stuck here because of, you know, because of that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, it's just like, for me, in my life, I feel like God has prepared me for this. I feel like I am here to make a difference. When I look at the amount of Adventists living in Senegal, so the amount of Adventists that we have living in Senegal is, is something like, what, 200? We have, what, 600, 600 or 700 on the books, but there's probably really an attendance at, you know, maybe 200, 250, at most 300, if that. So you have a population of 15 million people, and you have maybe 250, 300, 300 Adventists. You know, when I look at that, I'm like, man, there is something that needs to be done. When I, when I look at the French-speaking West Africa, I see huge needs, huge needs. Our church is incredibly small in comparison to, say, the English-speaking countries. For instance, when we first moved to Senegal, um, there were 11, 11 countries in our union. Um, since then, the union has been split. 11 countries in our union. Think about that. If you look at Ghana, Ghana has like three or four unions. When you look at, when you look at Nigeria, three or four unions, two English-speaking countries. When you look at the French-speaking countries, you have, you know, French and Portuguese-speaking countries, you have 11. I mean, for, for granted, loud. now, you know, it's like four or five, you know, but, but still. I mean, like, that's, it's, it's an incredible, incredible need, you know, when you're just, just, just looking from the, the church perspective. So I, I guess, you know, for me, a lot of it is just, it's just the, the need, you know, in the church. It's the the need of friends, you know, you know I've, I've lived over here long enough, we've made a lot of friends, we are helping to sponsor um, people, we've helped to sponsor people in the past, we hope to sponsor people in the future, 
we look at ways where we, we find we found ways that we can we can help and impact the, the lives of, of different ones. And honestly, I think you know that's that's what keeps me here. That's what keeps me going. Yeah, you know, it's like like living living in living overseas isn't easy. Um, sometimes, the, definitely, I, I I would would rather live back in the states. We went on a vacation to Alaska to, to see Luray's, some of, one of Luray's brothers there. Wow, what a beautiful place. I would love to live there. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Um, it was so hard for us to leave the Middle East, so hard. Um, we have so many friends there, and, and to be honest, I would still love to be there. Um, you know, living in Senegal, we've, we've been bashed by all kinds of problems, like um, you know, it, it's not it's not easy living here. Um, do I really want to live here? Well, to be honest, no. And yet, heaven is cheap enough. Heaven is cheap enough. We are not called to do what is easy in this world. Um, we are not called to to just simply have what we want. Sometimes we have to make sacrifices. Sometimes we have to look beyond ourselves and do what is best for other people. Sometimes we have to go beyond ourselves and do what is best for those around us for a greater cause. Um, you know, I, I've been exposed to, like I said, you know, to, to missions, to living overseas from my earliest childhood. It's, it's almost all I know. I, you know my, my children even have lived overseas more than they lived in the States. Um, you know, even when I go back to the States, I feel like a foreigner. I, I don't even feel like I belong. Uh, you know, I, yes, I'm an American. Yes, I'm happy to be an American. Um, but yet, yet, you know, living overseas, I guess, is comfortable. Um, it's, it's what I'm used to. It's what I've known for, for most of my life. So, I guess to summarize, um, I think I've been talking for long enough now, but to summarize, like for me, what's impacted me is my family, my family's experiences. Um, what's impacted me is a desire to, to help other people, to see, seeing a need. What's impacted me has just been the comfort, you know, of, of, of living overseas. Like, this is what I know. This is what I, I guess, is my comfort zone. I am, again, uh, just to reiterate, I'm a TCK. I'm a third culture kid. I've lived, I spent a good chunk of my childhood overseas, and that dramatically changed the way I think. You know, when I talk with other TCKs, you know, we were able to communicate on a way, on a level that, that other people just don't understand. Um, and, and I think, I mean, that, that's definitely affected me and, and how I think and, and what I'm doing. Does everybody need to leave America? I don't believe that in the least bit. Does everybody need to, to leave the Philippines, India, you know, wherever to go and be missionaries? No. You know, God has called each one of us individually to a place. He's called each one of us individually to do a certain job. Now, it's not my job to tell you, the listener, what you should do. It's not my job to influence you. All I can say is God has led in my life. I have moved a lot. But I can honestly say that each move has been a move because God was behind it. I am here in Senegal because of God. Have I always made the right decisions? No. 
Will I continue to make mistakes? I'm a sinful human being, and I'm bound to make mistakes. Can I help God? Yes. Can I make an impact for him? Absolutely. Can I do it in my own strength? Absolutely not. I can only be an impact for God as I surrender to him. He loves me. He loves you. He wants us to make a difference. How can we follow him? Through prayer, through Bible study, through humility. That's where it's at. God knows you. God knows where you need to be. God knows where you've been. He knows your past. He knows your future. He wants to put you where you need to be. It's up to you, the listener, to think, to pray, to wrestle. Am I where God wants me to be? Does God want to put me somewhere else? Maybe that's in the States. Maybe that's in another place in the States. Maybe that's overseas in another country. Maybe, you know, you need to stay. Maybe you need to go. I don't know. I know that for me, God has led, and I can't argue with that. May God bless you as you consider what you need to do for him. God bless. See you next time.